Welcome to Behind the Post, a podcast discussing all things B2B social media, presented by Octopost. In each episode, you'll hear from creative social media managers who will discuss what really takes place behind social media and how they fuel their own creative process. Listen on for inspiration, tips, and secrets you need to craft your next masterpiece social campaign and engage your audience. Introducing your host, Olivia Messina. Hello, and welcome back to Behind the Post. Today's guest leads social media and employee advocacy for Demandbase, bringing content to life that generates a deeper connection with the Demandbase community, including prospects, customers, investors, and fans. She's talented, she's engaging, and she's making B2B social fun. Please welcome to the show, Caitlin Doyle. Caitlin, are you ready to go Behind the Post with me? Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to be sitting down with you today. And I have to admit, I love the demand-based social presence. And whenever I need some inspiration or I'm in a content rut, I will go to the demand-based LinkedIn because you guys just have such a fun and engaging presence. And I love your content. So you're totally killing it. And I'm so excited to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, But before we get there, could you just give our listeners a brief look at your professional journey and how you found yourself at Demandbase? Yeah, totally. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, It's really nice to hear that um, the posts inspire different people. Uh, So I guess my first time ever working or managing any social media was for my sorority in college. Um, so I did that for about a couple of years, I think. And then um, I graduated in 2020. So in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got, I was able to get a remote internship working at a branding agency uh, in Florida. And I was a social media manager there for multiple different clients. And then I did some freelance work um, with various businesses in my area, managing their social media accounts. Um, and then I was applying to full-time jobs and got lucky enough to end up at Demandbase. So amazing. Well, I also managed my sororities um, socials in college. So I guess good, thing hap- good things happen to those who manage their sororities uh, social channels. Um, but I would love to talk a little bit more, more about the, your role on the social team, because I mentioned that you also lead employee advocacy and I'm a team of one, and I know you also have another team member. So I'm really interested to know a little bit more about how you split up the content and the kind of social that you own. Um, could you just share a little little bit more about what that kind of looks like? Yeah, definitely. Um, so basically, when it comes to our social strategy, I lead that. Any sort of writing of like copy for like major posts, like um, press releases or anything, I'll write the copy for that. Uh, I still, uh, my coworker and colleague Kiara on social, she does check the notifications on our social channels, but I still mm. like to go back in and check them myself. Cause that's one of my favorite parts Me too. of social is yeah. replying to everyone. Um, but yeah, so I lead the overall strategy for just our social channels, employee advocacy. Um, I work with a lot of our other team members across the marketing team to plan out content, to promote various events and, um, Yeah, things like that. Amazing. Amazing. Well, the one thing that I really love about your LinkedIn um, per se is just how engaging the posts are. Like 
every post pulls me in, even if it is talking about a webinar or your Sunny Side Up podcast, everything always pulls me in. So I would love to know a few of the things that you're doing on the post level to achieve this overall engaging presence. Yeah, well, um, when I first joined, I was very like overwhelmed because I'd never worked in B2B before. But um, I was lucky enough to work under Justin Levy, who was really like understanding and welcoming. And he kind of just walked me through everything. So when it came to writing copy, um, I started out just thinking, you know, what would make me stop scrolling? Because we had been, when I first got my position, that was something that they talked a lot about was making sure that our content was like more engaging and more fun and more youthful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just kind of asked myself, like, what would I like to see? Um, what would stop me from scrolling on LinkedIn and like read the full post. And then I just tried out using like emojis mm-hmm. and I kind of went a little crazy at first. I was just like, <laughs> they're so fun. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to use like more casual language um, just to make sure that we could really like stick in people's minds of like, you know, like they'll remember that brand. Mm-hmm. You no, know, buyers are people too. So and yeah, exactly. You have to like talk to people like they're robots. So Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's something that I kind of struggled with first, also starting in this role at Octopus, because I never did B2B either. Um, so it definitely is challenging at first to kind of, you know, when you think of B2B, it's almost intimidating when it comes to so- social sometimes, because you're trying to engage people on the buyer's journey. And you're like, okay, I have a, this technical product, like how am I going to create posts that are engaging and tell the brand story and get people to stop? So it definitely is all about like trying to humanize. And I think you have mastered like the emojis every, like (laughs) you've, you're crushing it with the emojis. Like, you know, it's funny because it's like, okay, emojis, but there is a science to emojis and you know, you guys are crushing it. So I love it. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about content, um, So when it comes to content, do you see certain trends are performing well? Do you see like webinar promotion always do well or podcasts? So what kind of trends are are you seeing when it comes to the demand-based content and what kind of content is performing well for you? Um, So one of our best performing pieces of content has always been carousels. And when I first started working at demand-based, because I saw it on Instagram, I didn't even think about using it for LinkedIn. Yeah. It was like, you know, like we had this acronym in our account intelligence playbook. Um, and it was uh, the FIRE acronym. And okay. down into like four little bits. So I was like, why don't we just break this down into a carousel and then like make the CTA the playbook? So we just kind of broke that down into different parts um, and then posted it and it did really well. And then we just continued doing that for various blogs and eBooks, um, pulling content out that's like, four tips to book your meeting or four ways that you can improve your sales intelligence and then posting those carousels. And they've always done consistently really well. Um, Something else that does great is anything with employees in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Any employee photos, like just them hanging out at the office or getting food, anything like that does really well. And then uh, anything with our mascot DB, who we um, premiered during our rebrand, um, and actually our highest engaged post ever actually is um, a photo dump that we did on the day of our rebrand. Um, I was just getting so much content from our team that was in New York. 
uh, mm-hmm. covering it. And I wanted to find a like fun way to post all of it. And I was like, you know, but I'm sort of really big on Instagram. So I'll post it on Instagram and I'll just add it on LinkedIn because mm-hmm. and then it got, it like blew up and I was like, oh, <laughs> but that's so funny about social though. Like the posts that you don't put like a whole lot of energy into sometimes can be like some of your biggest engaged posts. So yes, like it exactly. took time to pick the photos, but honestly, like I've spent more time on other things that haven't done nearly as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. That's something that I've noticed. Our company culture campaign is always our top performing campaign. I think it just comes back to like B2B social, you know, there's people behind the brands when you highlight your people, you know, that's how you relate and make, you know, form those relationships. So I've always found that, but I have actually never dabbled with the carousel posts. So that is something that I'm going to take away from this episode. Uh, Could you maybe just give like a few tips on how you're creating them? Are you creating them in Canva? Um, Just maybe share a few tips about that because I'm I'm super interested in this now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have uh, a great design team that we work with and they nor- they design all of our uh, carousels and they'll send them out. Um, LinkedIn will only let you add them as a PDF file. Okay. So um, they create PDFs and like PNGs and I'll post it on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and I write the copy. So sometimes I'll make like, I'll do like a theme around it almost. Like we had our uh, tech stack evaluator and I created um, the road, like a road trip themed carousel for it. So it was like, you have to answer on our tech stack, like eight questions that'll give you like um, the tools you need to achieve um, account intelligence. And so I just kind of broke that down into like eight stops on this road trip. Then the final destination is account intelligence. So I I kind of like, I don't theme it all the time, but I find it more fun and that they get more engagement if they do have an overall theme. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's I definitely need to dabble and test in that. And again, that's the beauty of social. Like you never know what's going to perform well. So you might as well test and try new things and find what works for you. So switching gears here a little bit. Um, as you know, I'm sure working in social, you face a lot of challenges. So I'm curious to know what are some of the biggest challenges that you are facing when it comes to working in social? That's a good question. <laughs> I would say trying to like have eyes and ears on everything at all times is um, a pretty big challenge. Uh, trying to always be in the know because social has to cover so many different aspects like webinars, content, um, events, and just making sure that I'm always in the know about those things and like always ready with like a good asset um, or like a fun, creative way to promote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I found that just... I'm lucky enough to have a great team around me in marketing and they're all like super nice and super welcoming and open and responsive about like when I have questions or if I need clarification on something. So it's really great. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree there because as social media managers, we're really on the front lines. Like we have to keep a pulse on everything that's going on in the social media world. And then you know, everything within your company, you're balancing requests from your product team, you know, like you have a product launch, a webinar, a podcast. So there is a lot to balance and you really have to be on it and be organized. And with social, you're always planning ahead because things pop up. So I would probably say that's one of my biggest challenges too, is just being in the know of everything that's happening and planning and scheduling accordingly because things pop up and things change. So you always have to be on it. Um, 
So I mentioned earlier that I turn to demand based when I need a little bit of inspiration. So I just have to know, is there a certain account that you turn to when you need inspiration or what are you, what do you do when you're in a content rut and, you know, need a little bit of inspo? So my top, I guess my top two ways to get inspo is just like, I normally take 20 to 30 minutes each day, whether it's like when I first start or when I'm like winding down to just scroll through LinkedIn and see what's getting posted by like various people that I follow or various brands. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets a lot of engagement. Um, Staying off, like taking time to like get off my phone and my computer post workday helps me out a lot. Like if I'm in the gym or like just relaxing at the end of my night, like that can help me like just Mm -hmm. come up with these more creative ideas. Um, And then I never rule out B2C content that could inspire me. Like if I see something that I like, I just think about how it would work for our brand. Mm-hmm. Like how can I make this more like B2B friendly? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just never closing off the idea that like B2C and B2B have to be like so different. Mm-hmm. Totally. I agree. Um, and when I, at the end of the day, you know, when I close my laptop and I am trying to like recharge and relax, that is when the best ideas pop into my head. And honestly, it's right as I'm falling asleep, I get like really good captions that come into my mind, or I just think of like really inspiring ideas. So I think that's really funny. Um, but one last thing, Uh, I want to ask you before we jump to the last question that I ask all of our guests, I'm really interested to ask you about posting cadence. I think this is such an interesting topic for social media managers, like everywhere. I feel like this is kind of on the top of our minds is how often should we be posting on LinkedIn versus Twitter? So what have you seen to work well for you? Because I know I've tested it. I posted three times on LinkedIn. I posted one time and I always compare. So What's kind of working for you when it comes to like LinkedIn and Twitter per se? So we're in sort of a transitionary period right now because after the rebrand, we had so much content that we had created to promote the new brand. Um, But we were posting like up to five times a day. And it was... Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was great because we had such great content and you were like excited to promote all of this great stuff. But it's like not doable for, you know, a team of like two people. And also you know, you don't want to oversaturate people with your brand. So right now I'm transitioning into posting like two times a day on LinkedIn max. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a lot more engagement on a lot of posts that normally got overlooked because it was so like oversaturated with other items and pieces of content. And then if I have something like a carousel that I want to post, um, I will only post like maybe one other thing a day, like on mm-hmm. that day, but I want that carousel to get a lot of engagement since it it took a lot of time and effort. Um, And then on Twitter, we post about like four times a day, maybe depending on like how much content we have. Mm -hmm. And um, our posts always do well, like mid to late afternoon, maybe like, and then around like 5 p.m. on the East Coast Mm -hmm. because we have West Coast followers and they're kind of winding down their day. So you can like hit both ends with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that's super interesting. I also feel like around four or five tweets a day is like a good sweet spot because you definitely need more content on Twitter because the lifespan of a tweet is much shorter than a LinkedIn post. Um, But that's really interesting what you said about like posting five times a day and then switching to like less volume and seeing more engagement. Cause I actually had the same thing. I was starting to drive myself insane, trying to do like more than two posts per day. Um, And I had a colleague actually tell me a little bit more about like the LinkedIn algorithm and she 
shed some insight that LinkedIn prioritizes one post per day, um, which it's very hard to only post once a day on LinkedIn when you have such a sheer amount of content. Um, but I've also found that around one or two posts per day per day keeps us in that good engagement area where posts aren't getting overlooked. Um, cause there is just so much content that you have to get out and, you know, with the algorithms being a little crazy and you can only post so much, it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, but that's really interesting. So we're nearing the end of the show here. And I have one last question to ask you that I ask all of my guests. And that is what is one thing you wish your colleagues in other departments knew about social media? This is a great question because I've listened to the podcast before and I love hearing all the different answers. Um, I would say that honestly, just the time and effort that it takes to come up and plan out all of these posts. And of course we work in social. So last minute requests are going to happen. It does, Mm -hmm. but it does take time. So when people are just like, oh, can you just write this post real quick? Like it's just for this press release, just pull out this quote, but you have to like, look at all your other posts and say, okay, what do I have to move now? And with like, you know, wanting to post only two times a day, you have to be like, okay, like how do I reprioritize my week and like reevaluate and then copy like is not as easy to write as it may look. Yeah. Um, I always have like a thesaurus open whenever I'm writing copy (laughs) on Google. Mm -hmm. So I can look up like, what are other words for like, you know, read now or like, Mm -hmm this link like just looking up different words and ways to promote like um content so it takes time and plus you want to read through everything mm-hmm. that you're reading, so you don't want to feel like rush and you have to proofread yeah so, yeah I just wish people understood how long it really does take to come up with this stuff honestly I agree and after hosting the show I feel like no experience I've had as a social media manager is unique because every time I hear other social media managers talking about things like this I totally relate it's the same thing happened to me last week we had a press release go out and I was like okay what can I move because it was under wraps until a certain day and then it had to go out the next day and I'm like okay what can I move to make sure that this fits well into this like the whole overall story of this week's content and it does take so much longer than people think when you are writing content, even if it's just two sentences, like it's so hard to hook your audience and get to the real meat of the message. So it's challenging. It really is. So I totally agree. (laughs) Breaking down a full press release into a like 200 word tweet. Um, it's Mm -hmm. a challenge. Yes. 100%. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining me. I really love this episode and I feel like we have a lot of like key takeaways that we can, you know, that everyone listening in can kind of take away from this episode and kind of implement. So thank you so much for sharing everything and being really transparent with us. So again, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for going behind the post. If you love today's show, let's get social and continue the conversation. Reach out on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn and tag at Octopost. If you don't want to miss a single episode, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more free social media tips and resources, check us out at octopost.com. See you next time.